0: One, two, three. <laughs> Close enough. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Recorded Therapy Sessions. I am Jake and I am joined in a quarantine isolation state with David and Wayman.
1: Howdy, howdy. Hello. Today is April 25th. We are recording. Who knows when this is going to get out to you all. <laughs>
0: but at this point, April, this has been like six weeks now of isolation. Mm-hmm. I think it's been about six weeks.
1: Yeah. how's it. Early March-ish. Oh
0: yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah, it would be six weeks because we're coming close to end of April, and I think quarantine actually started like halfway in March, right?
0: Yeah, about mid March. Yeah, that's crazy. But at the very least, we got our stuff together because we had to do the Zoom recording for the last episode. (laughs) But now we all got a straight setup, like Wayman was talking about in the last episode. He just full sent it and just ordered (laughs) thousands and thousands of dollars of audio (laughs) recording equipment.
2: I, thousands is a little bit too a, much
0: he went to such an extent the only problem with the podcast is that you can't see visuals but if you were to see wayman he bought a studio space now and he's in <laughs> this oriental themed studio space <laughs> along with all his new audio equipment it's incredible
1: wow
2: it, it just puts me in a really good mental state every time i'm in this studio space now
1: it's great. It
0: really brings the vibe and the it gets the juices flowing.
1: Oh yeah. We've got plenty <laughs> of brain juices to get flowing today. We're gonna to be talking about social adaptation versus being yourself. Ooh. This is a complex topic about everything from social awareness to potentially changing yourself depending on who you're interacting with. So it's an exploration of how do you act depending on who you're with, based on a whole bunch of different factors that we're gonna explore.
0: Dude, and this I feel like this is a big topic, especially for anyone that's very extroverted. I think this is such a cool thing to think about and go, man, if I'm out in a group, how do I alter myself? Or am I altering myself at all, depending on the types of people that we're in? Mm -hmm. But I know, looking at some of our prompt questions that we were brainstorming, it's going to get juicy, like Uh um, ripe grapefruit in the winter. I think that's grapefruit season.
1: Yeah, uh, those are... I don't think that's right. (laughs) (laughs) This topic today, I think, is going to be, like Jake said, a big one, but also it could be a little bit of a controversial one because there are a lot of people who have strong opinions on this, I've found. Some, you know, opinionated persons out there who would strongly advocate for one lifestyle versus another. Mm. It's kind of like a very personal value that a lot of people hold. So I'm curious to see where you guys will all be and whether or not I'll offend you. (laughs) Okay. Well, right off the bat, I don't
0: think you're going to offend either Wayman or I, no. <laughs> but, but that's a really good point that you bring up because I know a lot of people on both sides of the arena.
1: Right. I hope we can explore all perspectives and sides of this. Mm. So I'm going to jump right in and have a conversation about a time when I had this interaction with someone who's very not like me. It started out with a misunderstanding. So I'm going to keep this very vague because I know we're being recorded and this is being published and I want to maintain the integrity of my friends. So uh <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just like
0: last episode where we yeah. changed the names of everyone.
1: Let's just say Barb this time again. <laughs> Barb. <laughs> so my friend Barb she was just being herself, right? Love Barb. Being true to herself. She was giving me an impression that was pretty inaccurate from what her actual intentions were. Mm-hmm. But she kept doing this again and again in different times that we would hang out. So one day I noticed that this was happening among other people. We're like, huh, you ever noticed that like Barb does this? And it was a conversation I had with like some other people. So one day I kind of confronted Barb and I, I said to her, It took me a long time to realize this, but you tend to do this one particular thing with people. And I just wanted to kind of warn you that it's not uncommon for people to misinterpret what you're doing, especially if they don't know you well and don't know where you're coming from or what your actual intentions are. And then I was kind of like, I kind of pushed the boundaries of our friendship there for a minute. And she got pretty upset. And they kind of felt accused. And as though I was telling them to, you know, stop doing stuff, stop being themselves. And the irony of the whole thing was that while I was having this conversation about intentions being misinterpreted, that kind of happened for me as well. But she replied with this like, hey, no, I'm gonna be myself entirely. And if people misunderstand that, that's kind of their fault for really not knowing me or accepting me or taking the time to like process who I really am. And I was like, okay, well, do you feel this way though? Even with people you're meeting for the very first time who might not know you at all. And she's like, yeah, I want to be my whole self all the time. If people don't like it or don't get it, then maybe they don't deserve me. And so I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we all have a, a various set of thoughts here, but basically for me, no matter who you are, There are times in your life when you are going to change a little bit. For instance Barb works with teens for a living Mm -hmm. and so when she's out in a very public place she is constantly aware of the potential that she might see these teens out in public and so she changes how she acts based on that because she's constantly worried like oh am I going to run into this person or even like am I going to run into coworkers? like she has to maintain an image related to her work so this gets into the first idea which is roles Hmm. we all have a lot of different roles in life and before we come back to this story let's talk for a minute about roles for you guys What are like the key roles that you have in life? And do you feel like you have various personas based on those roles?
0: Let me ask a clarifying question. With these roles, do you mean just in general or with a group of friends or at work? Or I guess what are, or are you just looking for,
1: Whatever comes to mind, man, just start spitting ideas, okay, yeah.
0: okay for me, I think that I'm pretty consistent across the board. I kind of I found that I have the same role, whether that's at work or with a friend group, but I feel like the role that I mostly have is kind of whatever term you want to use, but comic relief, joker, court jester mm. mediator, lighthearted, anything like that one i I feel like I'm I help bring the humor to a group or situation, and that's pretty consistent because I'm the same at work as I am outside of work. And I think the key thing with that, though, too, is what those environments look like because I'm fortunate enough to work at a place where I can fully be myself. Mm. But another thing, and we can maybe discuss this as we go on, but context is key. Right. I'm a big believer in the situation, and there's a time and a place. But I will just answer with overall, I feel like I play the same role no matter what the situation.
1: Hmm. How about in this podcast? Do you feel like that's your role here?
0: What, that you, that, yeah, here's our roles. I can tell you everyone's roles. <laughs> oh, okay. You want to hear this? I was thinking about this. So David, I'll set the scene. When it comes to this podcast, David's sitting alone in his room and the lights are off and he's got three candles lit and he's just sitting and he's brooding in the corner and he's just going, oh, man, do I? Hmm, social do i adjust myself in public or not right and so david's dreaming up the ideas wayman is sitting now he's cooking for those of you who don't know wayman loves cooking right <laughs> okay <just laughs> and so he's he's cooking and he's chopping and he's harassing us over text going i need this podcast edited by 6 p.m tonight or else <laughs> so wayman's the deadline he's moving this thing along and then I feel like I just come in, I just make fun of everyone as we
1: record. So that, <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And, and you feel like that's that's a common role for you throughout life. Just <laughs> I just At I in with family I, <laughs> with friends. I don't prep.
0: I just like to roll in, make uh, smart comments, um, and then <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm I'm kidding. Okay, so let me let me bring it back for real though. Like even on this podcast, I think my role is. To not you definitely think up a lot of the good ideas, and I'll contribute here and there. But I think a lot of it I just like to do on the fly. So I'm a I'm a little prep guy that likes to just be funny.
1: <laughs> plan with the flow, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, plan with the flow. It's
1: a balance. Ah, <laughs> uh, Wayman. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what kind of roles you got in life?
2: Ah, uh, I'm mainly just like support. So I usually just, my role is more of just a supporting somebody. So kind of giving them that like nudge or kind of supporting like certain ideas and stuff like that. I mainly am kind of in the background. I don't usually tend to go up front. I'm not a frontline person. Not like Jake. Jake is a frontline person. I feel sometimes for me, I like to just support people in the back and that's it. I'm just background guy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> with this zoom recording too it's almost perfect because with zoom you can see david and i on the front line if you will our faces Wayman's face is completely hidden with his mic setup <laughs> as he's sitting here talking being like yeah i'm a backline guy I'm it's a like back- a witness protection <laughs> program <laughs> like
2: but that's just like that's just my thing so like when when people like put me on the spot especially like in meetings or anything like that where they're just like hey Wayman, can i get your perspective and i'm not ready for it i try my best but i usually hmm. shy away I noticed, Ooh. there was a couple points where if I have to, I will step up, but most of the time, I don't really enjoy that. I usually like just being in the background, being in the moment and being with a group of people that I share common values with, or I trust. A lot of things has to
1: go with trust. Right. Because as a supporting role, you have to like care about who and what you're supporting, right? Correct.
2: Yeah. If I don't have any values that connect or we don't share values together, then it would be hard for me to like support them or even just, kind of hang out with them there's certain friends where i just feel really awkward with because either a we just haven't met with the values or b i'm
1: socially awkward <laughs> <laughs> Fair, dude. but also you got into something that i was going to ask which is uh is there any part of your role or your roles in general that you don't like
2: I I think the only thing that I really don't like is when you're trying to support somebody or support an idea or a project or something like that, or even just people, it's when they don't really want to take the support. So that's the tough part for me because I do care for them and I do care about the projects and stuff. So I put a lot of my emotions in there, which is not a good thing, but I don't really enjoy specifically that whole aspect of my support being tossed away or not mm. used, I guess
1: would be the best way to put it you want that appreciation. Yeah. Also, this is this kind of your way of showing someone that you care about them, huh? Is that Yeah. kind of the feel? Yeah. And if they don't recognize that, then you'll feel like they don't recognize that that, that you care? Maybe.
2: Um, I wouldn't say recognize the care. I think recognize that I contributed. Hmm. I think that's a huge one. So it's not really like I want them to put my name on everything. It's like, "Oh yeah, Wayman did this, Wayman did mm-hmm. this." But at least just like yeah. a mention, some credit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of credit. It's just like, oh, he brought us this idea and this is how we took off with it. Yeah, maybe. But nothing where it's just like, he did this. It's just more of as a team player, as a supporting role, at least give credit where credit is given. And I think that's like a huge part mm-hmm. with my
1: persona in general. Jake, for your personas and, and roles, do you like that? Are you enjoying that? Do you want to change any of that? Where are you at?
0: Overall, I like the role that i provide i like bringing it goes into a whole thing i just think humor is super important for any situation too and just helps people in life so much so i like being uh the comedian if you will i always have Mm -hmm. and i always probably will there are pros and cons to it i think there are some situations where sometimes i'm going man i wish i took things just a little bit more seriously because i feel (laughs) like the easy trap for me is just to come into anything and go you know, make some joke or be kind of sarcastic about it, which has its value. But there's times where I wonder, you know, man, I I should probably dial this in a little bit. But I think (laughs) over time, I feel like I've I've done a pretty good job of being able to recognize the situation. And and we'll get into this more later, but kind of gauge, you know, read the room and, and see what's needed and what's not.
1: Right. An interesting thing that I just thought of was... I had a friend who played a similar role in a friend group years past. He was kind of the clown, right? He was like a class clown, really, back in our high school. And when college hit, he was like, you know, I wish people would stop expecting that to be like the only thing that I can offer them. And that they would actually take me seriously sometimes because I actually have a lot more to offer beyond just this comedy and humor. Do you ever feel that, Jake, where you're maybe the expectation that has been built up of you playing that role has been something you might not like all the time
0: i definitely think it can get to that however you know i'm not trying to like boost myself up but i'm good at reading the situation and so i'm i'm good at knowing okay i really want to say this joke but like now's not the time or this is not the right situation and being able to read that so i feel especially with my role at work too i'm able to That's one piece of positive feedback I've consistently gotten throughout the years is that it's the simple phrase of, you know, when it's time to have fun, you know, when it's time to lock it down and get serious. So I I think I'm able to balance it pretty well.
1: Do you have any personas that come out around your like closest, closest people that you know in your life, whether that's friends or family that you probably aren't parading around downtown in public places, but it comes out around the special few. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm a pretty
0: genuine dude. I'm pretty true to myself no matter the situation. I don't know. Around my closest friends, I probably swear a lot more than if I'm just (laughs) cruising around downtown, but that's, I don't know. I don't want to cop out of that (laughs) question, but that's honestly, I'm pretty much, no matter what situation, you're getting Jake, you know?
1: Okay. Yeah. What about you, Raymond? Um,
2: yeah. I mean, I feel that that's just me in general. Like I have hidden personas for sure. And I think I just keep those to myself because I don't think it's necessary for them to or for it to come out, I guess is the best way to put it.
1: Even with Um, like closest people in your life? Even with closest people in my life. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. Do you have anyone though that you feel you could reveal all those little selves to? No. Oh, no, not right now. Oh, that's a bummer, dude.
2: I mean, okay, I'll I'll say this. There are certain points where, like, there are certain individuals, you guys, for example, where I do have that vulnerability of opening up. But there is, like, still certain aspects of myself that I tend to contain to myself because I'm not sure how I want to express it in a way. Hmm. And sometimes it, it makes me afraid sometimes. Oh, interesting.
1: You're afraid of those parts of yourself, you're saying? Yeah. Hmm. So you're not sure you want to see them either. That's right. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I will say now that you've brought in that light, I know what you're talking about now. And I kind of get that. I'm sure we all have those bits. I think all humans do, to be honest. Maybe I'm not sure exactly where you're going, but I'll assume maybe the more darker, more primitive parts of our brain that are kind of (laughs) the basic biological drives that can be Very hostile or very sexual or very the types of things that might be taboo to say out loud you know i think that exists in almost everyone is that kind of where you're coming from
2: yeah so it's not really socially acceptable um to do these things so right (laughs) (laughs) sounds bad but it's just i'm
0: like what 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 exactly are you doing Wayman. (laughs) Uh,
2: (laughs) That's for me, myself, and I, and no one else to know. (laughs) Yikes,
0: this keeps getting worse. Oh, wow. digging myself out. Help me,
2: David. What (laughs) about you, though? No,
1: for Uh, real. (laughs) Actually, dude, I want to get to that later. I'll come back to it, but we jumped ahead for a second.
0: (laughs) Back on track. Get us back on track.
1: (laughs) Okay. It's interesting. You guys have been talking about different roles that you've been exhibiting in life, but you have a common thread throughout where your personality seems to basically stay the same, even with different social roles that you're playing, whether that's coworker, friend, family member, whatever it is. I was trying to see if there are any different parts, if there are parts of you that you feel some people get to see, but others don't. I feel I might be a person who's more on that side of things where I have various sides that you'll get to see, depending on how close you become to me in life and like what you bring because mm. I'll emanate and reflect. This is probably a more extroverted thing, like Jake was saying earlier, which is I tend to reflect the amount of energy that you give me. And whenever you're bringing to the table, I'll probably emulate that back and bring more of it out of you to celebrate whoever that I'm with and bring that out of them. Or just like Jake was saying, read the situation. And if it's not a celebratory time, there's a time and place for everything. And not all of who I am is best put in all these different places <laughs> and in all these different times obviously there's a lot of a million different types of social interactions that you can possibly have in life and if you always wore the same face the, the same person everywhere it would be really odd you know i mean everything from like a wedding to a funeral right that's an extreme example of can you bring that same person to all of those places and all those times maybe maybe not it probably depends on who you actually are well
2: i think to kind of chime in on that whole segment there if my persona is is adaptable then most of the time, then I would use that especially like in tragic situations. So like death or even just like celebrating a family's birthday or something like that, you know, I kind of always have the same demeanor unless it really something like kind of triggers an emotion, whether that be music or just the environment or just an actual dialogue between people. I think that's when the personas will change and which is that adaptation. Mm -hmm. So it can be the same persona, so supporting role where like I'm helping these individuals, Mm -hmm. but then at a certain point, the, the scenario around me has changed to where now it triggers certain emotions or certain persona updates, I guess. I, I, okay. I don't know how to explain <laughs> that one. There's like a new change in the persona that basically allows me to adapt into that specific area where it could be happy, sad, funny, all that angry, but I still have the same persona or personality of supporting somebody, mm. but then my personality will change based off of the environment. Right. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that's good. Jake, you were about to chime in.
0: Yeah, I this kind of dives in. I feel like we're kind of skirting around this overarching topic of it. (laughs) But I kind of I kind of want to just drill. Like, let's just let's get in there. And the reason I bring this up is because I was having a conversation earlier this week that was outlining the same exact topic. And I know the people that are saying this is who I am. Take it or leave it. If you don't deserve me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Or you don't, you know, whatever that phrase is, right? (laughs) Yeah. There's those people. And then there's people maybe like us that are, will, will shift depending on the situation. Right. And a good example I thought of is that a lot of people may think that people who adapt in social situations are not being genuine. They're not being Mm. true to themselves. They're just going, oh, I'm just going to change myself. Social chameleon. I'm going to change myself. But I think that can be true, but I don't necessarily agree with it. Because the example that I had talked through is, let's say you're going out with some people that you don't know. Maybe you're just Mm. in a social situation. And let's say that you, you know, you start talking to someone and you find out that this person really loves basketball. Yeah. Really loves the NBA. Mm. Now, for me, I'll use myself an example. I don't care about professional sports. I really don't follow it. So the wrong side of social adaptation would be me going, oh, yeah, I love the NBA. I love basketball. <laughs> you you too? Wow, that's so weird. Oh, Dwayne Wade, am I right? You know, mm. Jimmy Butler. And then just start pretending like you know it. Yeah. But I think social adaptation done right is in that situation, me going, hey, you know what? I used to play basketball. I used to follow it. Um, but that was a while ago, but I, I have some level of appreciation yeah. and it's just picking out, you know, how do you connect? How do you maybe elevate some of your traits to connect with someone? I think that is, that is good social adaptation versus the complete artificial level of being like, you know, not caring about basketball whatsoever, but you're going, no, told, oh, the NBA, it's, oh, I watch it all the time, dude. So
1: sick. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oops. Oops. I know. Ooh. ooh, dribble that orange. (laughs) So the, the bad side of adaptation can be, if you want to look at extremes on one extreme, there's the person who aims to please everyone. Mm. They just want to fit in with every single person. They're going to mirror everyone around them and they're going to try and act like someone else that they're seeing in that situation or someone else they've seen in a movie or something like that, just to be accepted in like an extreme way. Because there's nothing necessarily wrong with wanting to be accepted or wanting to please people around you. In fact, that's a nice, courteous, and decent thing to do most of the time. But (laughs) there's the extreme. And Jake's example of just faking it to like hope you make it (laughs) is uh, an extreme example of someone who's aiming to please too much.
0: That is sacrificing yourself and not being true to who you are just to... Yeah. Gain affirmation or attention of others. And that is that's the type of person that all of the people that we know that are like, no, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I think that's the person that they have issues with or that's commonly what's mistaken for the social chameleons is, oh, you're not being genuine. You're just you're just saying you like, you know, whatever the topic is of the group or something like that.
1: Not true. Not always true. For me personally, the other side of that would be kind of what you're saying, which is, I don't care who this person is in front of me, what they're saying, or how they're going to react to whatever I'm doing. I'm just going to be this person 100% all the time. In kind of like a not as conscientious way, that's the extreme, right? The other other extreme is just totally 100%. This is all me. This is myself. I'm bringing it. You better like it. Mm. The funny thing I've been thinking about with the expression of be yourself, that advice, and those types of people who advocate for that is, it could go at odds with, let's say, just one of my deepest fears in life, which is dying alone. Mm. <laughs> Dude,
0: now, this is, now we're diving in. This is what people want to hear.
1: So here's the deal. You know, if I try and take someone's advice that says, try to be attractive to the person you want to be with. Mm-hmm. i'm like okay okay i can see that but then someone else says be yourself i'm like well i don't know how attractive that is <laughs> or or another way of looking at this is basically if i were to constantly 100 percent be myself without any like filters or any intention of pleasing anyone or trying to be accepted i might not have any friends <laughs> and i might not you know make good connections or be able to bond or empathize or sympathize. So I think it, again, that's an extreme. I'm not saying like the friends that we have that might lean towards this way are just like super unempathetic and have no friends. Mm. I'm just saying like that, that's a risk you could take is uh, just kind of embracing this idea of, yeah, no, you better accept me for who I am. And then what if everyone's like, okay, we don't. <laughs> and then I die alone. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> okay, well- <laughs> I'm but, kidding. What do you think?
0: You know what I hear from this, though, too, is when people are saying, you know, this is who I am. You got to be yourself. I think the underlying theme is that people just want others to be genuine,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? It's not necessarily, you know, come barreling into every situation, go, this is Jake. What the fuck is up, everyone? Like, <laughs> let's rock. You know, this is me. <laughs> but just knowing that the interactions that you may have with me, I'm being genuine and I'm not being artificial. And Right that's where it comes into balancing that with the, what's the certain situation? You know, is this venue a, a proper place to just start unloading my repertoire of words yeah. that I shouldn't maybe use? You know what I mean? Yes. So that's my hot take. <laughs> well, I think the huge
2: thing that kind of hitting me with the points that you're saying, David, is being yourself, but being empathetic, right? So mm-hmm. understanding what the other person is feeling, because you can be a, yourself if you really wanted to right but it doesn't mean that you have to make yourself like over 200 percent, like where it's super <laughs> yeah. exaggerated and stuff like that right where you are think...
0: inflicting yourself upon us yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're just flinging your personality onto them and they're just suffering because of it
1: like oh oh god i got i got wayman all over oh geez. son of oh. a wayman
2: oh god so gross <laughs> But it's hard for me to like know if someone's genuine without being empathetic. So like understanding them, I guess, would be the best way to put it.
1: Yeah. And that goes both ways, too. So I want to tie it back to the story that I had brought up because I don't want to just leave that there because I know there's a lot to discuss there where on one hand, there's That person understanding the situation, Barb, let's say, Barb understanding the situation, who's around her, what they're going to know about her, what they'll understand about her. And yeah, that's the other side is how much do they understand about Barb? Right. So when she's like, I'm going to be myself. And if people misunderstand me, that's their fault for not knowing me or accepting me. I also asked her, if you were to notice that several people were misunderstanding your behavior over and over again, would you consider changing it? Because what I was trying to get at was that this idea of, isn't it worth it to change how you act around everyone if most people aren't actually understanding you or your intentions? Which led to this fascinating realization, which Barb actually doesn't necessarily care about being understood. Which kind of blew my mind because up there with my fear of dying alone, another big fear of mine is bugs. But then the next biggest fear is... (laughs) Here we go, right down the list, right down the list. ...is being misunderstood. That's such a big fear of mine. But anyways, how do you guys feel? Do you feel this yearning to be understood by other people in a way that would make you change how you act, depending on whether or not someone is understanding you?
0: I think so. For folks maybe who have that social awareness, you change parts of yourself and treat it like an investment because you're editing these things so that you get the in, so that people know you, they learn you, they learn your context and your background. And then within a given amount of time, then you are yourself. You know, think about, let's say you go to college and you're moving into your dorm and it's just a bunch of strangers and it's all these people that you've never met. Mm -hmm. I I love metal, right? So I can tell you I did not and I wouldn't to this day just roll in to a group of people blasting metal. Again, that same thing. What the fuck's good, everyone? I'm Jake. You know, I'm coming in, I'm coming in modest, making little jokes here and there, feeling out the room, uh-huh. seeing how I can connect with people. And then over time, this is what I did to my poor friends in Wisconsin that I became best friends with in college. Mm. I slowly inflicted myself upon them, yes. right? So I start out as a slow burn. You connect and then slowly I'm like, hey, I like metal. And then next week I'm like, Hey, I'm like metal. And then the following week, I'm like, Hey, do you want to maybe listen to some metal? <laughs> Boom. Ten years down the road, I can. I'm genuinely myself, and I'm not saying it takes ten years to build that out. Yeah, but you, you know just what don't I want mean. To dump it all at mm. once, right? Because you scare people it's just away. Like,
1: Whoa, way too much Jake. Oh, I'm <laughs> like drowning in Jake right now. And then exactly. Then they don't know how to handle any of it. Whereas if you slowly are leaking little bits of Jake all over the <laughs> oh over God. the weeks. <laughs> So, okay that's what i'm bad. saying what
0: you should what you should aim for is you should mm. aim to be a 1998 ford taurus okay. that's leaking oil right please no no,
2: no. <laughs> everywhere you
1: go you're just no. leaving a little bit of it behind
2: <laughs> in the parking lot
0: because it's road, little, no. little drips of oil here and there and then the problem just gets worse and worse and all of a sudden boom full jake full oil <laughs> explosion, explosion. <laughs>
1: Oh that sounds so bad. <laughs> I couldn't even No. Wait, a minute, though, do you the oil. Do you care about other people understanding you in that sense? Do you adapt a little bit to make sure that you're understood or are you okay going by like, yeah, if people don't understand me, that's fine.
2: No, I I'm always wanting people to understand where I'm coming from and then just also understanding where they're coming from. So, yeah, I'm not a person that's just like, yeah, if they don't understand me, fuck you. Oh, sorry, excuse me. <laughs>
0: make sure to wow that for you me know. please <laughs> that is wayman at his being genuine and i appreciate right. that Wayman. you are a <laughs> but, ford taurus you're being a ford taurus right now uh, No,
1: I don't you're bringing be. your full self to this conversation <laughs> oh thank man. you
2: i mean yeah but i don't really like being a ford taurus where i'm like leaking <laughs> oil everywhere i like to just be a toyota camry where it just <laughs> continues to go smoothly smooth like for a good 20 to 25 years
1: that's about as long as you got <laughs> <laughs> we don't have much more time with you women i know that's true uh, i'm actually past
2: expiration date right now so <laughs> uh, well <clears throat> i can that's... drop at any moment just kidding um <laughs> but no so just kind of going back to it i think that if you are going to be with a group for me i just try and acclimate so i basically adjust my persona based off of the group or individuals i'm hanging out with yeah so some friends that like to curse more i'm more susceptible to cursing as well too. Um, but for those friends that are like, yeah, I don't really like to curse or like is a little bit more modest and I will also tone down and go into that modesty. So I actually adjust based off of mm. the friend groups, but I don't like to inject um, my personality onto people. I just like to be like, this is me, here's a little bit. But if you mm-hmm. like, you know, poke me yeah. in those different button areas, you'll get other uh, tidbits. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> To go back to something Jake kept bringing up, which is the genuineness that people seek. To me, that's like a value of authenticity Mm. that they hold above almost everything else. The reason I don't have that personally is because I hold above that this desire to be known. It's kind of a self-esteem thing. Mm. This is just like a big disclaimer about all of my perspectives on this topic in general. Just where are they coming from? Well, I mentioned two of my biggest fears that it's also coming from there. But here's another one is just a big desire to be known. I find that one of the most comforting things in the universe is to have a connection and genuinely relate to someone Hmm. and have them understand me back. That trumps for me any desire to be totally authentic, but also because, well, Barb and people like that might have the tendency to have unrealistic assumptions about other people that they're just going to be able to understand them right off the get-go, even if they're like someone who doesn't know them at all. And to me, that seems risky because I don't want to lose out on the opportunity of genuinely connecting with someone. I want to give people a chance. And I don't want to assume that if they don't get me within the first five minutes of meeting me, that they're not worth my time. You got to give people a chance. And one of those things is giving them the chance to understand you. And you got to try different ways of giving yourself, I guess, displaying yourself yeah, so that you could be understood.
0: Yeah. No. And that's why I think it's, in my opinion, it's more valuable to perhaps tone yourself down, at least initially, to establish that connection with others. Because once you have that connection, you build that connection, then obviously you get more comfortable. You can share more about your stuff. I just feel like even with relationships, too, rarely rarely do you see it where it's just two people meet for the first time. And you're just both sides going, yeah, this is who I am, duh, you know, duh. Mm. just <laughs> laying it all out on the table. And then the other person being like, yeah, sick, me too, here's me. You know, it's all, look at any relationship, friendship, you first meet and it's, uh, you got to warm it up. You can't just, I don't think you can just dive head Whole first, said. you know, there's, <laughs> whether it's three days or three years, there's some level of warming up. There's yeah. some, you know.
2: Kind of like a give and take scenario.
0: Well, I mean, give and take, but I think more or less of just, you don't show all your cards, Mm. right? You start out and you go, okay, well, here, you know, kind of test the waters. Here's a card. Okay, they're cool. Well, here's another card. And then eventually you show your whole deck, but,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you know. But if you blast it all in front of their face and they're like, wait, I might not get it right now because this is a lot. When we're swimming (laughs) in the Jake because we're drowning right because he just bursts in the door with his metal and everything else and his overwhelming <laughs> personalities in the room and you're just like I, i'm not quite sure i understand you and you're just like well screw you peace because <laughs> you'll
0: because if if it's information overload and you just go bam here's all of my life story and insecurities and everything right off the bat at someone they're not going to understand the context they're not going to understand how you got to that point in your life they're just going to be given 800 pieces of just for example, 800 pieces of information, and they're going to lock onto, you know, honestly, probably the negative, the one negative thing without any yeah. context. And that affects how yeah. they'll view you moving forward.
1: Right. And you know, none of their context either of where they're coming from. Because when you say, oh man, those yeah. particular things, like if you describe yourself using a set of particular words, they might mean something entirely different to that person or other things too, like gestures or. Culturally, we see this with just, you know, nonverbal and gestures or facial expressions. Those can be misinterpreted very easily, depending on where you're coming from. So uh, all sorts of things like that lead to the potential that someone could think, oh, they just don't get me. So they don't deserve me or they don't like who I am. But it's like, well, wait, 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 they might just have the totally misunderstood, misinterpreted view of you. And if they really did know who you are, they would be so down to throw down and get metal with Jake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's such a good, it's such a good point. It's people understanding each other. And the example that always pops out is I think of wars. Now, take this with a grain of salt. I'm just going to say, this is a general, this is a very big generalization. But you would hear stories, especially, let's say, World War One or World War Two, where you're with your own, your squad, your team, and you're like, that's the enemy, we got to go destroy him, yada, yada. You know, so you're out on the field, you're fighting, but then you'll get those weird moments in battle, especially back in the day, like World War One, where there would be ceasefires or whatever. And these soldiers would almost get to know each other. And in a sense, in a very short period, you would understand the context, and then you realize oh we're the same deal here same person Mm. we're just trying to oh like you have a family you have a wife and kids oh i have a wife and kids because you're getting that context right Right. and so i view it's like building relationships Mm. man you just you got to understand why what's the
1: why Mm -hmm. Mm. i'm gonna take it back okay i just want to explore what parts of ourselves do we find more often than not you might be prone to hide what's best left undone or unsaid what truths about you are best kept hidden, or what do you classify as something like worth hiding? That might be either like weird, awkward, obnoxious. It can make a situation tense. Could be sexual. Could be insulting. Could be raunchy or demeaning, threatening, denigrating. I got all, all the adjectives here. I come. Yeah,
0: you're. Let's hear them. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> no, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: I mean, in general, I feel like the dark side that you don't want to show, or just. Personalities that you don't want to show is just like you said, it's all based off context. If I'm hanging out with individuals that are a little bit more religious, I'm not gonna be swearing up the wazoo or you know, demeaning their deity or religion in a way. Same thing for people that are very against crude jokes or even sexualized jokes, there's a point where your social awareness within inside that environment, you'd have to pick out the things that you're okay with saying. And then also, especially if you want to not continue hanging out with them, but just helping them acclimate into that environment as well too, mm-hmm. what you would say and stuff like that. So for example, my brother-in-law has a huge, he has a huge mouth. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the things that he says is not the best. And I know you guys have, I can't some of the prompt of it but <laughs> my sister has a really good friend and that friend is very against crude jokes against mm. crude racism jokes stuff like that but right for him it's all a joke but to her she takes it upon herself to be empathetic into those topics so she doesn't like it mm. and so for her and him they kind of butt heads, which also strains my sister's relationship with her really good friend. Mm -hmm. At that point, it kind of is one of those, for him, he's like, this is who I am. If you don't like me, whatever. And then it's the same aspect for her is like, this is who I am. And I have strong beliefs in this certain subject. And I don't want you to do that. And so there's that clashing of things. And so this is where that kind of give and take moment is. Mm -hmm. If you want to continue a relationship, what are you going to give? And what are you going to take? And if it doesn't align, then that's when relationships or just that adaptation just breaks.
1: Yeah. Humor and language. I think those are two that are the most common that I've encountered among friends and and family and such for things that you're like, oh man, I don't, I feel like that person might not be socially aware enough to know that what they're saying or the types of jokes that they're doing might not land. And it's not quite the right environment for that, Hmm. you know? For instance, dark humor. I have some friends who excel at it, just really good at that morbid humor. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, it's got a time and a place. And then the opposite of that would be disparagement humor that's more demeaning or targeted. And I think that has a very limited place in the world. I think the people who have that mentality that nothing is off limits for my humor, it's kind of risky. I think the only people who can really pull that off or are allowed to do that are maybe like the writers for, I don't know, South Park or The Simpsons (laughs) or some classic cartoon comedy show where they like have it thoroughly reviewed and it's well thought out. and.
2: Well, for them, for that situation, right? Those shows have been going on for so long. So for them, at least from an outside perspective, we already know what we're getting into, Mm. especially with like South Park, Simpsons, Family Guy. We understand what jokes are going to probably be coming out. And we know the actual demographic is the people that don't get offended easily, which is that, Mm. which is, you know, some people get offended easily, some people don't. And I think that's where that persona comes in. And I think also too... It also has to do with strong personalities because mm-hmm. if you have a strong personality, then you have a strong, in my opinion, you have a strong opinion on certain things, right? And so they won't watch something like South Park per se if it hits a certain idea that they think strongly of. And that's why I think like for those TV shows, they already have a huge backing or we already understand them in a social aspect. So we already know we adapt to them if we want to watch
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know, it's funny, like, (laughs) maybe the best thing to say to those very strong personalities who tend to put their humor all over the place and nothing's off limits, the best thing to say to them might be like, hey, you know, man, just save that for uh, your cartoon show or for your (laughs) podcast. (laughs) And people can decide whether or not they want to listen to that on their own rather than you just kind of dumping it all on them. Right. Jake?
0: (laughs) Well, again, not to be a broken record, but that's where that context comes in. I think what it is, is I feel like it's our innate human desire to be accepted by others. Kind of to go back to your original question of, well, what, in what situations do you share things? Or when do you not? It depends on the situation, number one. But number two, it's because I think it's either relatability or trying to be accepted. Like Wayman was saying, if you've got a group of people that are maybe language averse, if you will, probably not going to swear as much because you're looking for some level of acceptability. Right. Maybe a classic example too is think of your parents. Yeah. How much <laughs> how much do how much do we swear in this not a podcast recording scenario, but just if we're hanging out, how much are we swearing versus when we go home? Mm, right. And then we see our parents. I'd say, I mean, I curtail everything, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and it's probably a level of that's where that situational awareness comes in or that level of acceptability and going, Okay, well, this is this household, if you will. Mm. Uh huh doesn't really use that language so okay let's adapt to that time and a place for everything right
1: yeah you know you bring it up parents it kind of made me think about just older generations in general who might have the tendency to do this particular thing where they have a a language from an older time let's say you know it's just like hey bless their souls but they're not really akin to the fact that many of the words that they're using Uh, are no longer socially acceptable Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you know let's just say that I had to correct someone the other day who used the word "oriental" in a fashion to describe a person, <laughs> and not like the room that Wayman might be in. <laughs> you know, someone did use that word earlier today, but I did not—not in, not in the context of describing a person, right? Hmm. And it's just one of those things. This comes into more—it's less about social awareness; it's more just a knowledge. Do you have a knowledge of knowing what is socially acceptable or not at this point? Where that person doesn't want to be offensive. They don't want that. That's not a part of who they are or what they're trying to be. It's just that they were unfortunately ignorant of the fact that, you know, that's no longer an okay word to use to describe people, right? <laughs> because if you look in a dictionary, it's gonna say this is a dated terminology or historic word. That is now considered offensive, you know.
2: Wait, does it say that? Or are you saying that it doesn't say that?
1: Yes, I did look it up to verify this for this conversation. Oh, so
2: it does say that this is an offensive word to use in society. To describe people, yeah, specifically.
1: And it says it's a dated word as well. Or other dictionaries would say like, this is archaic. You know what I mean?
0: So I think that that's where... It's key. That's almost the difference between, we'll say, a socially adjusted person versus someone who is, you know, full bore. They don't want to change who they are. Mm Because I think in a sense, let me hear me out. Mm -hmm. I think using that example to be ignorant to that fact and maybe not know that that's no longer acceptable. Right. I think that's okay. The deciding factor is what do you do with that info? So Mm -hmm. if someone's Mm -hmm. using that word and they had no idea and you're like, hey, actually not really cool anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. If that person goes, oh, my, oh, God, okay, yikes, I'm so sorry, I didn't know that, and the behavior changes, then we are, we're in the clear as far as I'm concerned, right? We're good to go. The difference is when people take that fact and go, oh, yeah, but you know what? That's what I say, baby. What's going on? (laughs) What the (laughs) fuck is up, dude? I'm here. Let's go. That, you know, that's the the issue.
1: Still a dump trucking that personality all (laughs) over. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to use this idea of staying true to yourself as a way of, or an excuse almost, Bingo. for never Bingo. changing, never adapting, never growing mm. or learning and evolving, let's say, because you have to evolve with the times. I think that's one thing because everything is shifting around us, right? Our, even our core morality and ethics, right. you can see over the past 50 years have shifted phenomenally. That is something you have to be aware of. And not only that, like Jake's saying, you have to tune into that and then say, okay, what am I going to do about this? Mm-hmm. Am I just going to ignore it and be like, well, this is how I've always been. Screw you all. You're changing, <laughs> but I'm not. Or are you actually going to acknowledge like, okay, I need to change with time. Things are changing around me, so I should change too. It's worthwhile to learn from some mistakes mm-hmm. or learn the fact that this now is a mistake. It wasn't before, but now it is. But
0: I just love, I love... How you brought up the concept of people being stubborn, we'll just say and going, This is who I am. It's to be careful. There's value in that. I think my challenge to those types of people are, yeah, is it an excuse for you not to try, not to put in effort to understand other people? and read that situation and maybe change yourself. You know, can it be used as a crutch just to go, well, I don't want to take the time to learn and and try to understand and maybe be empathetic or mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. This is just who I am. That's that's my challenging question to I will put our our stubborn folks. <laughs> and again, I just just for the record, I'm not advocating that the like it's like stubborn versus social chameleons. Not Uh necessarily saying that there's a right or wrong. I'm just, that would be my challenging question to that population.
1: So wait, Jake, you're trying to say there's like a a balance between these things?
0: (laughs) Dude, you know what I'm figuring? Throughout (laughs) this whole podcast, there's the same like five themes, just that run in the background underlying.
1: Uh It's a balance. That's a big one.
0: But you got to read the room plan but go with the flow plan with the flow a little bit <laughs> right and that all comes with maturity and aging as you kind of understand mm. the world a little bit more
2: right wow <laughs> wow this is like really it's like a circle it's oh like, it's
1: all cyclical it's profound it's connecting
0: everything's connected man string theory look it up
1: wikipedia.org <laughs> wait a minute, you got thoughts i mean
2: i so the part of me is, is like with those individuals that we are considering stubborn, where they're just like, this is me, take it or leave it. I, I tend to not hang out with those types of people. If I just met you the first time, it's like a huge turn off. I'm just like, nope, sorry. See ya. Bye. There's no point because then at that point, it comes back to that business personality of mine that will pop up is like the investment of my time with you to just see if I could hang out with you or actually get on a personal level with you would just be a debt Hmm. it would not bring me any type of a value to actually use my time to hang out with somebody that's stubborn but i'm not gonna turn off like you me no but i will give them you know i'll give them a couple chances but like it's not going to be as much of my time than what i would give to a person that's we kind of check the air do we mesh yeah if we do cool let's start investing time in this relationship but if somebody's just like this is me if you can't can't take me then you don't need me at my best or at my worst and i'm like yeah i probably don't so i'll see you later
1: (laughs) (laughs) right so that comes back to what you're talking about these strong personalities yeah i kind of want to dive into what are those particular personality traits but also this gets to the idea that if being yourself looks like that and you never make any friends with Wayman, I tell you what, you're missing out on all the Waymans of the world, <laughs> which is a serious bummer. Right. right. <laughs> and that's where I'm at. I'm worried more so of missing out on the cool Waymans of the world than I am about being extremely authentic to the point of like, oh, who cares about Waymans?
0: Because <laughs> you're, you're putting in time and effort to look for connection.
1: Yeah. Right. That's the thing. That's the key point. Yeah. So a curious thing about that authenticity bit is what I would call like a fascinating psychological fallacy on our identities that we're like some very finite concrete thing that's established right here and now Mm. that's unchanging and some programmed robot. You can always expect it to be exactly the same in all situations. It was programmed to be exactly that way. It's not going to change. They're just going to be whoever they are. So please accept those robots. But people aren't like that. You know, (laughs) the reality is if you were to take a personality test, any of these big personalities too, if they were to take personality tests annually or every six months, even Hmm. you would see changes happening throughout time. And we kind of talked about this in some previous podcasts about how we're pretty good at recognizing in the past when we've changed quite a bit, when we look to the future, we're like, No, I'm probably going to remain the same all throughout. This applies right here too, where we say this person that I am right here, right now, that's me always. I'm always that person. That's me. This is what I psychologically connect with as my self-image. But you're like, hold up. Maybe you recognize that people are malleable. The brain is more plastic than you expect. And and we change a little bit more than we expect over time too.
0: Mm. You
1: are correct. (laughs) (laughs) what i would also like to examine is what if you're going throughout life and you can't connect with any waymans because (laughs) maybe you have that strong personality i think it's a time for people to reflect and take a moment to say like okay maybe i could reprogram myself but even then People shouldn't have the perspective that they're robots that are set and programmed to be a very specific way. Jake, we can get into psychology for a minute. You ever heard of the nature versus nurture debate?
0: Totes. Totes have. That's my psychological answer to that question. (laughs) Totes have.
1: Fire. (laughs) Boom. Thank you. Thank you for
0: that. Was there any... Wait, was I supposed to go into something?
1: (laughs) Well, do you see how that's related? Where some people might think that, you know, I was born this way or that their personalities are kind of set in stone or that I'm exactly who I am because of maybe genetic makeup, because that's just hereditary. That's kind of the nature bit where nature versus nurture debate is this whole debate of how do personalities form? Is it all genetic makeup or is it all based on their upbringing and who their peers were, what their family was like, what they experienced in their childhood and stuff like that? Yeah.
0: Well, I th- the way that I view it, is that those things set a baseline. That's your starting line. Mm-hmm. So when you're born, and and let's fast forward to maybe, it's going to be different for people, but let's fast forward until, let's just say you're 18, right? Because for the most part, you're developing your personality a little bit, but I think a lot of people don't become, we'll say, quote, self-aware mm-hmm. until a little bit later. Maybe your 20s, sure. right? Your 20s is that classic time frame <laughs> where you really become self-aware and you start, really understanding yourself (laughs) i think that genetics and the whole nature versus nurture sets that baseline and so depending on your family how you're brought up you develop that out but then as you get into the world then i think it becomes more of a choice because you you're given that baseline you've got that foundation however it's up to you to choose how much you want to lean into that or use that as a level to understand yourself but then change from there because maybe innately for whatever reason, you've just been very stubborn. Mm -hmm. But later on in life, you can have something happen to you or you can just choose and go, no, you know what? I want to be more open-minded. I want to experiment and try some different things. And that's where it shifts to become a choice. That's the way that I view that. Or, you know, on the opposite side of it, you can just equate it to this is the way I am and then choose to not go down the other path of maybe not exploring new opportunities or something like
1: that. Right. Which I'm going to express some opinions here. I'm going to say that up front because I know I'm being recorded. Ooh, we're moving into the (laughs) next section, the opinion. Which may or may not be controversial, but I think, I believe that most everyone has the capability of changing their personality traits. I believe that we are capable of doing that. Why do I point that out? Well, maybe there are some natural tendencies that a lot of people have to push people away and push Waymans away. Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) And it's like, if ever you feel, huh, I need more Waymans in my life, I kind of want to explore what different personality traits might promote, say, a positive pro-social behavior or might push Waymans away. I think if you're high in, I'd say, neuroticism, narcissism, and maybe even introversion, that can contribute to it. But then also if you're low in openness, agreeableness, warmth, and stability, those things kind of add up to what might be a charged personality (laughs) or someone who might not get along with Wayman right away and uh, miss out on a cool opportunity of having a cool friendship. What do you guys think about that list? Is that something you guys have thought about? Like certain personality traits being more positively pro-social than others or more stubborn or strong as we've been using? I think with just
2: stubborn and strong as an example, I think it's okay to have those personalities because some Waymans out there definitely like that. They definitely like that strong leadership Uh type. So they'll probably, (laughs) for myself, I do tend to kind of gear myself with people with stronger personalities. Sometimes I don't like it and it takes a little bit for me to warm up to it, but most of the time it's been pretty good in the relationship aspect. For those individuals that are we consider stubborn, strong, I think the main thing is to give somebody the context mm-hmm. or the meaning behind themselves. So being able to define Without having to say, this is me, if you don't like it, you know, middle finger, uh-huh. but more of, hey, this is where I'm coming from yeah, like, as, as an individual. Like a story. Yeah, like if I don't have a story and you just tell me straight up, this is me, I'm going to be like, cool, two fingers. Nice to meet you. We don't need to hang out. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs>
1: no, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My immediate thought with all of that is that you need both. So team up, form a team for whatever that is. Because if you think of like a classic (laughs) business example, let's just take a company. Well, someone that's going to be a CEO or someone that's in charge, you do need them to be a little bit maybe more more hard or someone who can see the big picture and drive almost at a, like, no matter what, we got to drive this thing forward. There's definitely room and a space for that and you need it. Because if you had a, I feel like if you had a company that was all super empathetic people, you know yeah. n- there may be some initiatives or some things that never would get achieved because hmm. everyone's super in tune and being like well I, I don't know i want you to be cool are, are we cool are we good you know you get kind of caught in that hmm. so that's why you need a team i think you need some hard people to be like you know no we got to go do this but then you pair it with the empathetic person and then you can balance each other out and you can go no 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 no." no. but think about this And they're like oh you're right you know but then sometimes if you're <laughs> a little too empathetic they can be like hey it's a tough decision, but we got to rock. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Team up. It's important. <laughs> Form an alliance. And with that, no one will stop you and you can rule the world.
1: Oh, that's, that's our goal. That's actually what <laughs> a lot of us are striving for on this podcast. We're just reflecting how can we rule the world? <laughs> Diversity. That's a good point. Divers- that's an essential key yes. to building a team, to taking over the world to finding a solid group of Waymans and bonding them all together.
0: Right. Look, a Ford Taurus is a great vehicle, but what about that Toyota Camry out there? Mm-hmm. Get a squad of four-door sedans, and soon you're going to be rolling deep with a gang, and you're going to be doing some, you're going to be making moves.
1: A sedan gang. Oh, man, I want to be a part of that. The four-doors. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay. So we're running out of time here. I'm going to wrap up with some final thoughts here. I think it's interesting to explore this idea that sometimes we need people to adapt. It can be seen as conforming by people who are very strong about the ideal of authenticity. But there's one thing to recognize, and that is that cooperation is really only possible in those team-like settings if there is some consensus drawn and some normality achieved between the diverse personalities in the room Hmm. so it does get into the topic of normality which is this is another big one i'm not going to get too far into it but just on being normal i'd say the pros are look you're socially accepted and get all the perks with that and that is really good to cultivate cooperation but then the cons are what the authenticity people would say is you're a sheep and (laughs) sometimes it's not fun Hmm. the truth is we all have to be normal sometimes I don't think humanity would have gotten to where it was had everyone just been all strong personalities. <laughs> everyone was all stubborn. There was no cooperation and there was no consensus on something that's normal enough to balance everybody out. Have you ever thought about that or explored the idea that humanity got to where it was due to its ability to cooperate on like any other animal in the form of like an enormous amount of people in mass coming together? acting similar enough to get some really cool stuff done, right?
0: Absolutely. I think it's essential too. It's no secret. You need others to really succeed in this life as we know it. I think you need that support system. And if you look at it, I think if we go back to almost a primal level or a very tribal level, if you were a single person out in the wilderness trying to fend it out, know, you'd know, you get probably mm-hmm. killed pretty quickly. That's exactly why tribes form because it's the survival group. And I think that biologically, we still have that in us. Even though that maybe biological primal danger is no longer there, mm-hmm. it's still you can achieve things easier with a group of people than just you trying to you know grind it out yourself.
1: Yeah. That also made me think about if you were kind of resisting joining the tribe i want to reference our last podcast that just came out this week are you showing maturity is a part of maturity Mm, mm. being able to adapt and being socially aware what do you think
0: i think so definitely i think so
2: yeah no i mean just social awareness adaptation that's definitely a true sign of maturity but i also think and i guess this comes back to an example of the high school groups. You know what I'm talking mm. about, like the jocks, the theater kids, the yeah, the band peoples, and you know all those. <laughs> uh-huh. The individuals within side that group, if they were to cross into those other social groups, then they would have to adapt. For me, I was definitely a theater person, but I adapted with a lot of different groups.
1: Oh, so you're a thespian. What else you got?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just with that whole thespian aspect, right? When we do shows, we always put on a different mask. Uh And that mask can be considered a different character. And sometimes for myself, especially when I go into these social aspects or going into meeting new people or something like that. I always have a mask up. That way I don't show who I am myself, but only show them a part of me. So it's not the full range of myself. So like when I go into interviews or when I do my job or like my work, I always have different faces to put on. Okay. Dependent who, I, who I'm interacting with.
1: Your, your characters, yes. right? Yes, yeah. Tell us more about your characters, Wayman. I'm curious. Do oh, you have any names? or? Uh, <laughs> this is a great question Wayman had asked us earlier is if we had names for our personas. <laughs> I'm curious. Those different faces you're describing, do they have names and characters that you've established for them?
2: I mean, when I was younger, I did name some of those characters. Like I used to just use my first name and my middle name. Mm-hmm. To kind of distinguish between the two, like no. Tony is like kind of the intense, more strong personality, likes to fight, get into these violent antics and stuff like that. And then you have
0: make pizza. Yeah,
2: <laughs> definitely make pizza. A good hey, name nice. it's, huh? it's Tony. Yeah, but I mean, there's that <laughs> there's that side of it me and then there's the wayman side which is the caring low-key is okay with things but then also you know just the good kid is the best way to put it Mm -hmm. but then as i grew older i noticed i have especially doing theater and stuff. I never named any of them, but I do have like different masks for different events or different groups that I hang out with. Right. I don't really say that I have a mask that's just genuinely myself or being myself, right? But I do have certain parts of me inside each of these like different characters that I play.
1: Dude, did you have more of a Tony side group and more of
2: a Wayman side group? Yeah, I mean, there was more Wayman personalities Than there were Tonys. I think Tonys are more the very 200% personality trait where they're just going from zero to a hundred to where like, if somebody was to like honk their horn at me because I didn't take a leading right turn at a red light when it was clear and I'm just taking my time. That's when some of those Tony personalities come out where it's just like, I wish (laughs) I could just bust out of my door and like literally kick their door and be like, you can wait patiently and then go back into my
1: car and then go.
0: (laughs) And that's what's said. Sir, you you can can wait wait patiently.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Wow, Tony is fierce. (laughs) I
2: mean, this is more just like keeping it clean. There's definitely more like more stuff to it, but yeah, there's definitely. So
1: Tony might be more of the hidden persona, perhaps. Is that what I'm gathering?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Tony is definitely more of the hidden personality.
1: You you don't show that to many people or many places. No,
2: it's usually. Kept on their wraps, and key. I think there's only a couple of times where it actually really comes out. And like when you see it, it's very minor. When it's a very an aggressive area, that's when Tony comes out.
1: <laughs> now I see that it's probably all for the best. <laughs> yeah. From what you said way earlier in the conversation, that you have a little bit of you that you don't always show even to like your closest people. That's because you don't actually want to go smack up Jake. You just want to hang out with him and talk about yeah, Nabe. Yeah, you better not.
0: Come at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> remember that baseball bat from episode, what was it? Two four? or I something. Is three. Two or three. Two. <laughs> Classic. All right. Jake, do you have any personalities you'd like to share with us that either had names or... With someone that you've took with you throughout life, like characters.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, on a joking note, yeah. I've got Bake. He's my evil alter ego, my evil twin. And he's just a <laughs> bake. bake. He's just <laughs> a bake. mean guy. So if anyone's really swearing at you and being really demeaning, that's Bake. So I apologize. He takes over <laughs> my text messages sometimes, but no, on on a serious note, I don't really have any uh Alter egos or or personalities that I carry. I think it's just different. I I guess I do in a in a. It depends on the situation. It depends on the time. Mm -hmm. I do the most recent one that I've been determining as short hair Jake versus long hair Jake. (laughs) (laughs) And like that's it's a joke, but it's also true. It's all it is also something that I actually have thought about. In in there's concepts and ideas behind it. But you know nothing like I walk out the front door in the morning. I'm like, okay, I'm bake right now. And I go punch someone's window, you know, or something. Like that.
1: Actually, Jake, do you remember when you created a very fascinating photograph that kind of depicted West Coast Jake versus East Coast?
0: Wait, what? No, what it? When was this? Or what are you talking about?
1: You know, like the transformation of you becoming a Wild West man. You recall this? (laughs) No. Wait, when was? I'm super intrigued now. When was this? Oh, uh, back like probably at least a year after you had moved out here. You had grown out some great facial hair. You were out. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes.
0: Okay. I know what photo you're talking about. Yeah.
1: Right. (laughs) You know, I, I was thinking about that and I see for myself as well. Cause as we all heard in the third episode that Jake and I have oddly similar lives of Mm -hmm. tracing across the U S so in New York, I had one personality for sure. And that was my childhood self. And then in the Midwest, I had the high school college self. And then I come out here and it's still very similar to high school and college self, but it's like, you know, grown and done a few thinking things and (laughs) hopefully a little bit better, but (laughs) I, I do see that where I am has helped develop who I am too.
0: Absolutely. I agree. I'll mirror the same thing. Living across three states, there are three Jakes. (laughs) Or at least there were, or there have been, Jake has changed. Let's put it this way. There's not three Jakes. Jake has morphed and changed three times so far in the Mm. 29 years that I've been on this planet.
1: Do your friends and family ever remind you of those past and previous Jake versions that they've encountered?
0: Here's the fascinating thing. It's situationally dependent, almost to the extent where, again. I'm not saying that these are three vastly different Jakes. Mm. The core Jake is always there. It's just interests and some personality, you know, small things change. But I find the situations a lot where I go back to wherever, whether it's New York or Wisconsin or wherever, and it's like things never changed, right? It's almost like, it's almost like you got bricks in a wall. Uh And then when I moved, I took my brick and I left, but then that space where my brick was is still there. And anytime I come back to visit family in New York or maybe friends in Wisconsin or whatever the case is, that space is still there. So you just slide my brick right back in and it's like nothing changed.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's just got you longer know? hair and maybe a mustache. Yeah. There's, some, there's <laughs> mustache. a little
0: graffiti. There's a little graffiti on the brick now too. Maybe some chips <laughs> here and there because it's been out in the world Ooh. and it's been experiencing life. <laughs> but it'll still go right back and become a piece of the go wall.
1: right back. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Oh man, I wish we could genuinely give NUX to wrap up this podcast here. <laughs> Does anyone have closing thoughts though?
0: My my overarching idea that I've had in my mind the past couple of weeks, I think it's just important for everyone to be open-minded. So stay open-minded. Staying open-minded will lead you to meet people or experience certain things that, you know, you may find something that you really like that you would have no idea that you would have liked it had you not been open-minded. I think that, that is so important to hear everyone out Try different things. Mm-hmm. And before, before you say no, think about it. If someone's like, hey, have you ever tried this? And before you go, no, I don't do it. Stop. Give it five seconds. Think about it. And maybe say, you know what? I haven't in the past. But let me, you know what? Let's try it. Let's, let's just see what happens. That's my
1: thought. That's beautiful. You know, that ties into episode four. <laughs> I, I keep using numbers. I don't even know if they're accurate or not. But... <laughs> When we talked about if our identities can get in the way of us learning or trying new things, that's true. So when we say be yourself, also be open to learning. A little bit of adaptation now and then. Be aware. Mm -hmm. And if it's necessary, try something on. Try on a new little you. See how that's like.
0: You can't judge a Ford Taurus if you've never driven one before. Especially back in the late 90s. That was the peak of the Ford Taurus era.
1: And if you've only just seen a little bit of its oil dripplings around, just wait because there's a big Jake explosion coming in. Behind. Oh jeez! If, if, <laughs> if you
0: if you are on the street and you see a, a ninety eight Ford Taurus cruising, and you see a couple droplets being left of oil being left on the street, that person's got a story. Go chase them down on your bicycle and ask them about their life.
1: It is explosive. I tell you what. All right. Oh gosh. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up. We're all gonna give nucs in our own little microphones. Three, two, one. Oh, I just Don't straight. I just I just straight punched my mic. <laughs> oh. Hey, that'll work. Oh.
0: Okay, great. Well. As always, thanks everyone for listening. We've gotten really good responses from people in our first couple episodes and we really appreciate that. So please keep listening and send us all your feedback and thoughts too. That's a cool thing that's been coming up with the few people that have listened to it. They've got questions and they're starting to, they're asking me, at least the people that have reached out to me, are asking challenging questions to a lot of this and I love it. So keep doing that.
1: Yes. Hey, for all you listeners out there, some of you have started giving us suggestions for topics. I think that's fantastic. Please keep doing that. If you want to hear us talk about anything or explore any ideas we're all about it send them our way
0: maybe we'll open up our email oh, now that we're yeah. like gmail official <laughs> okay we'll talk about that later though but yeah keep the however you get us ideas keep doing it
1: bless you bless
0: bless you have a blessed evening
1: bye three two one whoa love it whoa we did it that's crazy it
0: that